Welcome to the Untaming Femininity Podcast. I'm Yigena Jirazi. And I'm Sam Allen. And we believe that untamed women are real and powerful. Our podcast is all about inspiring curious women like you to speak and live your truth and to express your femininity on your own terms. Tune in for your weekly dose of depth, lightness and heartfelt shares. We are so grateful to have our Shelbylicious angelic iguana, Shelby Alexander, as our guest today. And Shelby is a spiritual guide, writer, Dharma coach, speaker, and truth seeker. And she's a wayfinder, guiding people back to the truth within so they can free themselves from the mundane and live happy and free. Welcome, Shelby. Oh, thank you, McGinnis. It's such an honor to be with you guys. We are over the moon to have you here, Shelby, and we know you're all about sacred sensuality. And I would love to ask you as our opening question, what is sacred about sensuality? Mm. It's a it's a heavy hitter question right <laughs> off the bat. I love it. Sacred sensuality to me is, it's more of a feeling than anything, but it's that aliveness that's found in the present moment when we are experiencing the present moment through our senses. It's the life, it's the, it's the juicy goodness of experiencing present moment through these very human senses. Somehow that just immediately made me put my hand on my heart and my hand on my belly and go straight to my body. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And Shalps, it would be amazing to hear your journey when it comes to reclaiming that feminine power. Mm. Oh my gosh, what a journey it's been. I, I feel like for context, it's important to share, especially for those who don't know me, that I was raised in a very masculine environment. I'm from the United States. Um, a lot of like football coaches and males. I'm one of two girl cousins in my dad's side with like 20 other boys. So a lot of warrior archetypes. And I wanted to be one of the boys. I wanted to, you know, kind of fit in that space. And so there wasn't a lot of feminine role models for me. And even the, the female gendered role models that I had, I would say were very masculine, which is often the case, I think in the US, we've kind of over-indexed um, the masculine for, for ourselves as women to fit in, to get the jobs, to do the things, right? And this is the case in a lot of places in the world too. Um, so that was like my upbringing was like how to be the man. <laughs> um, and I didn't even really know like, you know, how do we know what we don't know? I didn't know I was even missing out on something. I had long hair and like wore makeup and wore a dress to prom, but like, that's what I thought being feminine or like tapped into my feminine was um, until probably really like two years ago where I really started to feel like I was missing out on life, I would see these yoga teachers or other women in my life. And I was like, oh my God, like 
they have something I don't have and I want it. Like they're experiencing life in a way that is so sensual and so almost off-putting and made me uncomfortable actually. Um, and so that got me really curious about like, what is that? I'm thinking of a couple of people we both know um, or we all know from our own, the Iguana tribe where I was like, wow, like how they move their body and how they use words and how they seem to really enjoy this canvas of being a woman also in clothes and stuff. And I was very, very intrigued. Um, how did that inspiration become integrated into you? Mm. I think one of the first experiences I had of really tapping into that space was actually with Nada, the guide and leader of Raindrop Movements, whom I know you guys have had on the show. Wow. Um, she leads a really incredible embodiment uh, experience that really opened me up to tapping into my physical body in a new and different way than I ever had before. And it requires this use of senses, our, our sensory experience. Um, so that was really deeply moving. I got to feel into my body and move from the inside out and touch my body and move my hips and move my pelvis and really allow my the feminine principle to take over my physical body through movement. And I had never done that before. Um, so that was super powerful and kind of opened this gateway into what else am I not experiencing through the physical senses with the fem like for the feminine principle. Um, and on retreats, I recently just came back from Maui, very feminine place tropical Pachamama vibes, like deep, deep mother earth, right? The food you eat. I found that it was much easier there for me to fall into the senses, even how you eat the fruit, every fruit you eat there, I swear to God is like dripping all over your mouth, right? It's so, so sensual. Wow. I'm just loving the vocabulary you're using, like falling into, letting it take over. And there's so much coming to me around the permission and almost the submission to something, you know, greater. Totally, totally. But I'm also curious, like, how does that look like this, the sensuality nowadays for you? Mm. Now I have, I think in my spiritual journey, I started out in a place that was very very masculine in terms of, you know, sit, meditate, sit in a structured way, do yoga, which are very structured poses um, and kind of, yeah, structured. I've said it three times. It was very structured. <laughs> and today it's much more fluid. Like I wake up and I put my hand on my heart and I have a moment of gratitude of just like, oh, I'm here. I'm breathing life and I get to be here today and what feels right now. And there's much more flow and attunement to what feels natural and actually human. Ironically enough, my spiritual practices are playing and rolling around on the earth with my dog, Sunny, and eating food slowly and praying and 
playing with words and doing embodiment practices that are not structured movements or dance routines, but just moving. So it's, there's a lot more uh, fluidity and lucidness in what happens on the day to day rather than this, you know, wake up at eight, meditate, drink the tea, do the yoga, you know, like burp, burp, burp. When I hear you talk about it, I imagine water, you know, and maybe that's the flow thing. And um, the ease actually in your voice is what I hear. It's got a very special quality about it. And I know that that must serve greatly um, the people that you work with, Shelby. And I'd love to know a bit more about your divine female purpose, actually. Mm. My divine female purpose. You know, I think that is something I will forever be questing with. And where I'm at with it right now is that it's actually not about achieving anything. It's about being in full presence with whatever I'm doing or with whomever I'm being with. And I find that the more I'm able to do that, the more the unseen in that present moment comes to be felt and there's magic, like a deep sense of depth and magic. So it's, I know, you know, (laughs) it's not about X, Y, Z and getting to here and achieving this thing. It's just about the felt experience Mm -hmm. in of this present moment and seeing how deeply I can feel into that, how much depth of that can be uh, exposed with whomever I'm with in that moment. That's so inspiring when I hear you talk about that. It, it comes through, you know, this deep longing and wish for everyone. Mm. It's so funny how I love words and at the same time, I feel they just fall short so often. But I feel like, Sam, you must have an appreciation for this with your poetry. Probably. But with this particular Uh, topic it's like the being we say this all the time the being and the doing but it's like how deeply can you be in the being that's what I feel like I'm questing on my feminine side always I'm smiling because you're having such a physical impact on me right now I've noticed (laughs) going like lower down (laughs) I feel like myself sinking more deeply into me as you speak to that and I feel grateful for that honestly that's Mm. the impact you're having Thank you for sharing that because I think that's the impact of falling into the feminine principle more and more is we, we have a chance to experience our inner world and our divinity within this human bodysuit skin, this container that we get to wear, which feels like more of the masculine to me. So it's like, what, what is filling our cup? The cup being the masculine principle and the feminine principle being what's, what's in it. And I know that in that journey as well, there's been a lot of healing for you, right? Mm-hmm. So, so how has that, how does that healing look like in a way? Like what, what's the, the biggest thing that you have overcome or that you've, you've healed during this journey? I think overdoing, overdoing it, <laughs> achieving this addiction to achieving so that I will be good, so that I will be loved. And it's still a like, huge work and prog process. Um, but really I've come to, to trust so much more 
that it's not about what I get through on my to-do list or what big goals or whose podcast I'm on or how many clients I hold or how much money I'm making. It's really about surrendering to the fact that yes, it's okay to achieve. And that's my masculine holding a structure that makes me feel safe and secure. And at a certain point, like more of that isn't actually adding more to my life. There's a time to be like, okay, I've got the cup, I've got the scaffolding. And now like, what do I want to fill it up with? And so for me to bottom line, it's like, I used to spend so much time stressing and worrying about what else can I be doing? How can I make more? How, you know, and now it's like, yeah, I've, okay. I've got that thing that's happening and that feels good. And you know, this is how I'm being of service. And like, it's 2 PM. My body wants to be outside barefoot and roll around with my dog. And like, who knows what will happen next? Like, that's fine. <laughs> so there's a lot more space and time that I am using, not freaking out about the future and actually nourishing myself in present moment and just fuck like being in life, you know, <laughs> like this thing that we're all doing, like actually being in it and enjoying it. <laughs> oh, a big yes to that. And I know that you had your own journey with body shame and stuff like that too, Shelby. How did you manage to overcome that? And do you have any tips for our listeners? Because I think it's something that we can all relate to. Yeah, I, man, I have totally had my journey with that. And I'm still trekking that mountain for sure, for sure. Um, It's such a big topic. And when I, I just have so much like reverence for, and this might sound weird, but gratitude for like that journey without my body shame, I would have never found yoga without yoga. That was kind of the first thing that tipped me off on my own spiritual journey. My wanting to be skinny and love my body more led me to yoga. Cause I thought skinny girls do yoga. And so I'm going to go do yoga every single day and become this yogi girl. And I'm going to be skinny. And then I won't hate myself as much. That was like what led me to yoga. Um, and I have a, I, my first yoga teacher actually was like, you know, can't mess it up. It's all perfect. And I remember her saying that being like, it's not fucking perfect. Like I am in trauma over here. It's not perfect. Like screw you. No, thanks. Come again. Like you must not be my teacher. And in hindsight, looking back on what led me to yoga and her, that one-liner that she would drop all the time and the worst moments possible, it felt like. I'm like, oh my God, it is all perfect. Like the shame led me to yoga. The yoga led me here, you know, but my advice for people that are experiencing that is the more you try to do the quick fixes, whether it's the diet pills, um, you know, bulimia, anorexia, these types of coping mechanisms, um, they, it, it, is a long, it's delaying the healing journey that is so wanting to show up for you in this moment. Mm -hmm. And the universe only provides what you're ready for. And I say that as a means of empowering, like you can, you can do it. We are designed to feel good and to heal. And that may not mean that your journey is going to be easy and, you know, quick because mine certainly wasn't. It's been a 15 year road to recovery, but I feel that 
leaning into where you are now and really, really looking at how you can heal your heart and how you can love yourself more will heal your body. That's the detour in the right direction or was for me is like, how can I heal my heart? How can I love myself more? And the body started taking care of itself for me. Oh, I have the goose pimples all down my back. (laughs) (laughs) I find it moving and so important for us all to hear actually. Um, It all starts with (laughs) self-love and, you know, we have so much resistance to it and it is just about feeling into that place and inviting it, you know, and that's what I hear from your share. Totally. And I think being around people who embody self-love is really powerful too. Like I remember going to a couple of retreats where I was like seeing women of all shapes and sizes who were so empowered and loved themselves and they glowed. It didn't matter if they're, you know, they were size 18 or size two, like there was a glow and they were fucking beautiful. You know what I mean? And I think that as we are kind of reclaiming this feminine principle on a societal global level, more and more, regardless of our genders, we're seeing this beauty come to the surface, which is making me at least feel like, oh, my old concept of what beautiful meant and how I wanted to be is actually changing and shifting. So there's more permission for me now to just be what I am um, and to see that beauty in others, how they are as well. Oh, that's reminding me of the song we just listened to, Magena, from The Greatest Showman. This is oh, <laughs> Yeah, totally. And how beautiful is she? Like singing that song and doing her thing. And she's got a freaking beard on. Like, my <laughs> God, like ha, that, <laughs> that's a tough look to pull off, right? <laughs> we love that song. Uh, but yeah. But anything that you're struggling right now uh, shall be with your femininity or coming more to terms with I know that it seems like your journey is very close to perfection (laughs) oh my god it's so not it's so it's so lovely to hear you say that on a level because it's like I'm touched really and I feel like it's just begun like I feel insecure still moving my sweet sacred feminine self around people who can see me around my partner. Like that's a new thing for me to like be fully in my own experience, enjoying my body, like through dance and embodied movement and being witnessed. It's very vulnerable for me still. Um, so there's, that's just one thing, but it's, it's still a thing. I, you know, body image stuff still comes up for me on those days. Usually when I've had a lot of alcohol or when I've done, I've like eaten poorly. I'm like, there's a low vibration that I feel like I drop into and those old triggers can pop up. Um, so it's, it really is a journey. And I think I'm at a place with it though, where I feel like it's much more manageable for sure. And much more rare rather than every single day waking up with like, you know, judgment. Um, but yeah, I still, you know, I have those moments where I'm like, Oh God, like, am I going to be able to fit into those jeans? And what does that mean? And (laughs) again, it's more rare, but it still happens. Like I'm human living in this highly judgmental world that we all are navigating. And so, 
Um, but for, I think the biggest one for me is like really moving and being, and being quiet or in groups, um, and not turning on this like good girl host syndrome that I think some of us were raised with, right. That tenderness, that okay with being quiet and what have you, like, sometimes I can turn on this like host mom mode thing that I'm like, what the F like, I don't enjoy that. Why am I doing that? Yeah, I'm remembering with fondness actually a couple of times on retreat when we were going through the inner leadership journey and you being someone actually who I could just sit there with and, you know, maybe we would talk or maybe we wouldn't and there would be this kind of comfortable silence where I could just be in my physical experience and I felt so grateful for that. Mm. That's one of my favorite spaces and you can probably attest to that it feels vulnerable to be in that. And so for me, sometimes if I don't feel, especially around family, like we have these old stories with family of how we're supposed to show up and what have you, I find that I'm still working and training that muscle of like, okay, who is the new me now? And what does feel good for me now in this present moment? And it's probably something that they might not even recognize me in, you know? So that's a muscle that I'm playing with as well. I totally relate to that. And especially when, because you have some kind of role that you take, especially, you know, families and friends that you've known for a very long time. And when you develop, it's like, you need to train other people as well, that this is the new me, because you, you so easily fall back into those roles, right? Totally. Totally. I mean, this summer, just to give you a very real example, uh, my partner and I, Jimmy, were, we rented a cottage up at the lake where we both grew up. We're high school sweethearts. He's got a ton of family there. Uh, we've got a lot of friends there. And that's, I love the nature of that place. And I love all of those people. And because they've known me since I was in seventh grade or something, I really have to work to stay with me and to not abandon myself and what my new needs are now, which might look totally crazy to them or be like, what the hell is she doing out at the end of the dock, like moving her body? <laughs> like what, you know, so it's real. It's real. And you are so real, my dear, and so sacred <laughs> and such an angel. And we're so very grateful to have you on our podcast today. And um, it feels like the arc is beginning to close on our conversation. And we're not quite finished, are we, Mariana? <laughs> nope, no. <laughs> because now it's time for da, 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 the wildfire round. <laughs> <laughs> are you ready, Shelby? I'm ready. I can't wait. You just get two choices and you have to pick one. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Question one, the divine or wine? <laughs> divine. Slight hesitation though. I know, I, I know. <laughs> I mean, just imagine if it was a large glass of red, Shelby, you know, really lovely. I stuff. know. You, you know, if it's kava, if you said kava, I would have said kava. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Next time. <laughs> Slap or tickle? Tickle. <gasps> amethyst or diamond Ooh, amethyst and for our fourth question this one is really making me laugh particularly because of the conversation that we had prior to the podcast brawless or nicholas <laughs> brawless <laughs> <We> always <laughs> 
And our final question. The lotus position or cowgirl? Cowgirl. <laughs> She's a wild one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That is so fun. <sighs> oh, Shelby, thank you so much for being with us. And thank you for bringing your wisdom, your depth, your femininity, your sensuality, your sacredness, your godness, everything. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a privilege to be with you guys in this life, in this journey, but also in this incredible podcast that you've created. It's really, really a treasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Untaming Femininity podcast. Join our inspiring tribe of women on Facebook to experience deeper connection with yourself and to feel the empowerment of female solidarity. Tune in next Sunday for your weekly dose of depth, lightness and heartfelt shares. <laughs>